Hi, this is Doug Beecham. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. We're continuing a, a, a series of podcasts that have been about preaching. Um, last week, I, I talked to you a little bit about, in the previous podcast, talked to you about finding your own voice. I want to talk a little bit today about things I've learned uh, about, uh, in a sense, about what sermon preparation is about. Uh, but, but this is sort of background to uh, to some of the nuts and bolts, uh, although there'll be some bleeding over into some of the nuts and bolts of, of crafting a particular a particular message uh, that God has uh, God has put on your heart. Um, what's the most important thing for us as preachers? What is the most important things that we we have to be doing regularly? perhaps actually daily in our lives, not only for sermon preparation, but for, uh, for our own walk with Jesus. And, and let me sort of put a caveat uh, as, as we begin this. I'm learning we have to be really careful that we don't become professional preachers. What I mean by that is that we don't, we don't become people who think this is our job and so I've got to preach on this particular Sunday. So I'm going to go. I'm going to run to the Bible, find something that jumps out at me, or some episode that's happened in my life that's caught my attention, and I'm going to I'm going to sort of wrap this thing up and make it as neat and pretty and effective as I can, and bring it on Sunday. And once I've done it, then you know I I get to the next job. That. There's something deadly about that. Uh, it's easy to fall into that. We get busy if you're pastoring a church or, or if you're bivocational. Life is very, very busy. And, and it's easy to fall into sermon preparation as a professional task rather than as an outgrowth of my, of my walk with Jesus. I'm learning more and more in my life that before I'm a pastor, before I'm a minister, before I'm a preacher, I'm quite simply a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's no different than anybody else who's called to follow Jesus. And that means that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are working in my own life. God is knocking on the door of my life, the rough edges of my life, the places where he wants to bring more and more glory, his glory, through my life, for, for Jesus to shine through our lives. I, I went to a church in Tallapoosa, Georgia. This was right after I became the conference superintendent in Georgia in 1994. And this was the very first church that I went to after becoming superintendent. It had been a former Methodist church, a beautiful facility. And I, I, I walked in and I stood behind that pulpit and as I put my Bible down on that pulpit, there was a, a little metal plaque on the pulpit that had this quote out of the Gospel of John. And it simply said this, Sir, comma, we would see Jesus. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, that's exactly, that's exactly what has to be has to occur anytime we stand 
in a pulpit that somehow through our life and through what we say, people see and hear Jesus and not me. Well, how does all this happen? What's part of the matrix of that? I'm going to say to you, the first thing is the Bible. We've got to be people who read the Bible. We read the Bible, read the Bible faithfully. We, uh, we, we read the Bible not simply to look for sermons. That's deadly. Uh, not simply to read the Bible to find proof texts for points we want to make or to support something that's uh, burning in our heart. But we read the Bible for the Bible to speak to us. We read the Bible to learn the Bible, to make the connections that are going on throughout Scripture. Uh, we, we read the Bible to see how, how, how the story of Jesus that's given to us in the New Testament, how that story is rooted and grounded in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Uh, we read the Bible to understand who God is. We read the Bible to understand who we are. We read the Bible to understand what it means uh, to be born again, what it means to live a holy life, what it means to live a spirit-filled life. It's, it's absolutely essential that we read the Bible. And, and I encourage you, find time to do this. Um, I, I read the other day uh, a, a quote, and it's actually found. You can find it online. You can Google uh, Minutes of the Methodist Church, 1766. And you, you can find there. This is 1766. This is John Wesley's. These are minutes of Methodism in Great Britain. And in those minutes, there is this statement uh, by Wesley, where Wesley talks about answering the question of how much should you read. Wesley says to, to his followers, who are his preachers, you should, read, you should read, he says, five hours out of every 24 hours. You should be reading five hours a day. Wesley would read while he's walking from assignment to assignment. He would read while he was uh, on horseback. Wesley was an avid reader. And when I read that, I thought, that is, that is really powerful. Uh, we read the Bible during that time, and we also need to be reading other, other resources. Um, I, I like to read biographies. I like to read history. It's important to read philosophy. It's important to read theology. It's important to read cultural analyses. It's important to read uh, psychology, what's going on uh, with the current understanding of, of what it is to be to be a human being. All of these kinds of readings are, are, are important for us. Uh, and, and Wesley's comment to us is significant. The second part, it, the second most important thing, I think, and, and I really sort of tie these two together, is prayer. Uh, sometimes prayer on our knees. Sometimes the solitude of being by ourselves and being in contemplative, meditative prayer. Sometimes praying the scriptures that we read. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called, uh, and he might have quoted Luther in this. I'm working from my memory on this out of uh, Bonhoeffer's little, little book called Life Together. 
He, he called the Psalms the prayer book of Jesus Christ. It's important to remember that Jesus knew the Old Testament. Jesus essentially memorized it growing up. So, uh, so Jesus knows Isaiah. He knows Deuteronomy. He knows the Psalms. When Jesus would pray, he would pray to his Father the inspired words that the Spirit had given to the forefathers of, of the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, their descendants. One of the greatest things we can do when we don't know how to pray is, number one, pray Scripture. Go to the Psalms and pray the Psalms. Number two, for those of us that are Pentecostals, pray in the Spirit. Pray in languages we don't know. I'm absolutely convinced that when we are doing that, we're probably praying Scripture, and we don't know we're praying Scripture, but more importantly, according to Paul in Romans 8, we are praying according to the will of God. Scripture, reading, prayer, contemplative prayer, reflection prayer are foundational for what it means for us to be uh, to be preparing sermons. I encourage you to do that. In the next few uh, podcasts, we're going to talk some more about other aspects of this and more of the nuts and bolts, but I encourage you to remember this. Read the Bible. Read extensively. Take the time to do it and pray. Don't separate the two. Put them together that as you're reading the Bible and a passage of Scripture grabs your heart, just pause right there and pray. You're reading a biography of a, of a Christian or someone and God speaks to you. Pause right there and pray prayers God has put on your heart. All of that is ultimately part of being a good preacher. God bless you. Thanks for joining me.